We are so excited you've decided to listen to this week's sermon podcast. Hey, we release sermon podcasts weekly, so be sure to follow us and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when episodes are released. God bless and enjoy. Sit down, but if you want to, you sit, and most of the time you end up standing right back up. And Some say it's easier to stay standing, and so but that's always up to you. We'll come from several different angles to a message that I don't guess I've ever preached that hit me hard. Don't know. Well, I know one of the readings is not even marked in my Bible as having been preached. And uh, so what I feel is, is, is fresh. It's, it's right off the fire. I feel it deep in my soul, and I'm going to use a word I don't use lightly and I don't use often. But there's going to be a prophetic word spoken here tonight. And if you'll receive it, if you'll receive it, you're going to leave this place changed. Amen. The Bible says that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. I was talking to Brother Jaden yesterday. He's always so good about when he's off or has a few hours. He comes and works around the church. And I appreciate that more than he knows. But I was talking to him yesterday. And uh, I told him, I said, Brother Jaden, the things that are coming is going to shake everything. I said, you watch. 30 days of prayer and fasting don't only produce full altars. It don't only produce decisions to be baptized and backsliders to come home and sinners to feel the need. But the fruit that's on the tree and rotten, it'll fall. 30 days of prayer and fasting, sometimes you look up and one or two stinkers are gone. I don't know any stinkers but sometimes when you get deep enough into the the fight the enemy will help people make decisions that will ruin their life but I'm thankful that the Lord shakes us enough that the whole tree don't end up ruined so I would get a bulldog grip on the spirit and on the revival and on the hopes and on the plans and I wouldn't let go for nothing because things are about to happen in this church in this congregation that we have never even been able to speak because we can't think them ooh I don't want you to stand too long. Let's read Ecclesiastes 3 and 8. You all know it. If you've been around church, just a, probably just a few Sundays you've heard this verse. And this is just an accompanying verse to what we'll preach. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war. And a time of peace. Just say this with me. A time of war. We're in the middle of it. 
you don't realize, maybe some of you, that when we declared 30 days of prayer and fasting and we declared that October would absolutely be a harvest month, that all we did was throw gas on a fire that was already burning, shoot arrows into a fight that was already stewing. Nothing's free. 1 Samuel 15 and 18. And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Somebody say fight. Let me share just a portion of one more verse with you. If you notice, I'm preaching from my phone. Pray for my eyes tonight. I don't give the devil much credit, but I think he got in my iPad. I think he probably made me forget my password, too. <laughs> it's deeper than that. 2 Timothy 4 and 7, I'm going to just read the first portion. I have fought a good fight. Paul, writing his second letter to his understudy minister, Timothy, he wanted him to know at the end of his life what he saw and what it was about. He said it was a fight, and I fought it good. He could proudly square his shoulders up and say, I fought this thing good. I want to be able to do that at the end of my life. And from that, I want to preach this thought for the next little bit, and we'll continue to refer to it. This fight is good. This fight, this fight that you're in right now, this battle, that thing that has you frustrated, that thing that's caused you to be fearful and worried and bothered and, and messed up and have two minds thinking one way one day and another way another day. This fight is good. It's worth fighting. I want us to pray to that right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus, let us see it, let us hear it, let us understand it. And then let us respond to your word, Lord. There is a time to fight, and we're right in the middle of it right now. The enemy hates us because he hates you. And we have an equal hatred for him because of our love for you. And we declare victory in this place over every situation. And your word tonight is going to bring some things to pass that we've only imagined and that we hadn't even been able to imagine. And we declare your anointing and those things done in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Love him one more time before you're seated. We're going to preach for a little bit. This fight is good. Thank you for standing. God bless you. You're the best. I'm honored to be called your pastor. The story of an old king, and I am just now made aware of this story, and it is supposed to be some truth to it. Uh, I did not have enough time to research the validity of the story, but I will say that uh, whether it's true or not, it's an incredible story that will put us and our thinking and our mind in perspective. The story is of the old king. And he, for a long time, had a servant that walked side by side with him. And after a, a number of years, he began to 
allow the servant to be closer to him and he would talk about relationships and things about the kingdoms and hopes and dreams and battles and such and and he just became a friend while everybody else was in his military and, and, and yes king and no king and served him. He really started to forge a friendship with this servant that really didn't have much value to the kingdom. And one day the queen and some of the closer uh, advisors to the king said to him, said, King, why have you allowed this servant to know your heart? Why have you allowed this servant to hold your friendship? Why have you allowed him to approach you and address you without great reverence? And the king's response was this. He said, I like this servant and he's become my friend and he's become a loyal soldier in my mind and in my heart because in every single situation I have found myself in, this servant says the same thing. When I'm down, he says it. When I lose, he says it. When I win, he says it. When I don't have an answer, he says it. Oh, king, what is it? He says. He says, oh, king, live forever. This is good. He said in every situation, he finds something good. After some time, Trust was gained and it continued to be a growing friendship. Finally, one day, out of order to the kingdom of the day and out of order to the speaking of the king, one day the servant said to the king, he said, Oh, king, live forever. Have you ever been hunting for fun? He said, No, sir. He said, have you ever been trained with a bow and arrows to shoot accurately? And he said, no, sir. He said, when I came up as a young military man, I was a great swordsman and I could throw a spear and I could ride a horse. But to pull back a bow and to make an arrow fly was something that I never learned. It was not part of my arsenal. He said, King, I'd love to teach you how to hunt. He said, but you're not going to be able to hunt the kind of animals that'll feed your family and bring that feeling that you were a provider in close combat. He said, a knife won't do it and a spear won't do it. I need to teach you how to shoot an arrow. To that, the king said, well, it sounds like a great thing. And the servant said, you name the time and we'll go. I'd love to teach you how to put venison on your table. It's such a great feeling to know you fed your family. To this the king was happy and he was ready and they got a bow that fit him just right and he learned how to pull it back and, and felt of it and felt the arrows and, and, and began to explore it as someone who really wanted to know about it and really wanted to be educated and he shot it a few times and finally the day came and five or six of the king's closest men and protectors and the servant and the king went on an extended hunt when they got to the hunting grounds that the servant had told him about. They got there and sure enough it walked out in front of him. The deer was there and it was about to happen. It was about to go down and the king drew back the bow and pulled the arrow back and he made a good alignment and he let it go and something happened. Something broke and there was a, a freak accident that immediately caused him to have his thumb severed from his hand. 
Instantly, the five or six men made an accusation. They said, no, this was done intentionally. We should kill this servant. He brought you out here to make a fool out of you. Although in a lot of pain and very mad, he knew better. He didn't feel that way, the king. And, but he knew he had to respond some kind of way. No one could forever injure the king and just walk free. So he ordered his friend and servant to the prison house. During the next year, the king continued to learn how to shoot the bow and became quite effective with it and took up hunting and learned how to do these things all the while his friend serving time in prison. About a year later, he went on this trip and they're hunting. They're out there near where they had hunted before and all of a sudden they were surrounded, his five or six closest men and himself, by a very large group a tribal group of cannibals, people that eat people, in case you don't know. They were outnumbered greatly and they were all taken hostage and they were carried back to their campsite to where very quickly all the men but the king were cut up in pieces and they started boiling them right before the king's eyes. The king was very shocked and he... Uh, he didn't know what to do knowing that he was next and they watched and they knew he was the king. They knew he held power and authority. It was clear by the clothing even that he wore and they came to him finally. It was his time. It was about to happen and when the leader of that tribe of cannibals came to him, he looked at him and he jumped back and he began to scream and he said, you have to leave. You can't stay in our territory. You must go and you must go right now. We can't eat an imperfect man and you are missing a thumb. Oh, let me preach. He runs back to the kingdom where he runs straight to the prison house and he says, my servant, now I understand why when my finger was severed from my hand that you said, oh king, live forever. This is good. And he fell on his knees and he said, I'm asking you to forgive me I've imprisoned you falsely for a year and I want to repay you in some kind of way. And the servant looked at him and said, Oh, king, live forever. This is good. With a puzzled look on his face, he said, How could you as an innocent man sitting in a prison cell and a, and a work camp and a labor force possibly say to me in your innocence that your imprisonment is good? He said, Oh, king, don't you know that if I had been with you, they'd have ate me too. This is good. He said, the loss of your thumb saved both of our lives. Say it again. 
This is good. I want to tell you, there's some things that happen in our life from time to time that they don't make any sense. Some people will do you wrong. Some people will talk bad about you. Some people will stick you in the back. Some will mistreat you. Some things will happen in the family. Some will happen in the job. Some will happen in finances. Some will happen in our health. And we'll begin to question God. We'll begin to question our king. Lord, how can this possibly be any good? But what we need to realize is that our king he knows the end from the beginning and anything we're going to today and anything we're having to battle and struggle with our king is saying this fight is good this is for your glory this is for your strength this is for your miracle this is for you to know what to do this is so you'll know what's right this is so you'll have an answer this is so you'll recognize my voice who to call on who to cry to this fight is good some people want to get mad and they want to jump and run and fuss and cuss and, and make dramatic changes in their life. And all God is trying to say is, hey, this is for the next fight. This is for you to understand. There's a better day coming. You don't have a testimony without a test. You don't have a healing without a sickness. You don't have salvation without first being a sinner. You don't have wisdom without first being ignorant. You don't have failure if you don't know success. This fight is good. Woo, somebody ought to just stand right now and just declare this fight is worth it. Daniel 10. I have a lengthy reading, but it's just the way it is. But that'll, be, that'll bring us to a close. Daniel 10 and verse number 1. In the year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I'll tell you something, I had a message to preach. I was at the church biggest part of the day and off and on and back and forth, but just working with the workers and stuff because and, I had something set in my mind. Walked in the house, had a challenge about 3.30, 4 o'clock that I was dealing with and trying to help sort some things out in someone's mind and just work a little bit and all of a sudden it hit me and the spirit of the Lord reminded me nothing's free nobody's victory's free nobody's healing's free nobody's salvation is free and revival you're going to have is free and you just completed three weeks you're going into your fourth week and all of a sudden this passage was dropped into my mind and the Lord said preach it because this is how it'll be I've been in mourning three full weeks I ate no pleasant bread Neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth. Neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And in the four and twentieth day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Hittakel, 
Then I lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen whose lawns were girded with fine gold from Euphus. His body also was like the barrel, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms as feet like in color to polished brass. And the voice of his words sound like the voice of a choir, a multitude in your King James Version. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore, I was left alone and saw this great vision, and there remained no strength in me. For my comeliness was turned in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. Yet heard I the voice of his words. And when I heard the voice of his words, then was I in deep sleep on my face, and my face towards the ground. Listen to this. And behold, an hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. I want to say something to some people right here, right now. It's been just a little while now. You've been holding yourself back, and, and you've been praying and it's been a while since you had that meal it's been a while since you've done that thing it's been a while because you're in prayer and you're in fasting and there's an outcome for a soul there's an outcome for for a home for a family there's an outcome that you're praying for spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally, relationally and hell has come against you and tried to tell you all you're doing is losing weight and wasting time but I want to tell you that that the enemy of our soul already knows Woo! I like it because the Bible said he was on his knees and the palms of his hands and all of a sudden this this person, this man, this vision that had arms big and strong like the color of brass and and beryl and and his eyes were such a way and his voice was like a multitude or a choir when he spoke. He lifted me up from my sorrow. Oh, you better get ready. Here it comes right here. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. You've been praying a little while. You've been wondering, when's the Lord going to plant the flag on my property? When is he going to tell hell he can't come here anymore? When is he going to set in order everything that's a disarray in my life? When is he going to put things right in my house for my job, for my health? When am I going to get a clean bill of health? When is my report coming? I want you to know right now in this portion of the scripture that God heard the first time that you prayed. And this is a battle that's worth fighting. This is a good fight. You shouldn't give up. You shouldn't give in. You shouldn't turn around. You shouldn't back down. This fight is good. He said, I came for thy words. Listen to this. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. 
below Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me. And I remained there with the kings of Persia. What did he say? He said, I heard you on the first day. I heard you on 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 through 21. I heard you every single day. And what you got to know is hell don't give up easy. But as long as you stay in the fight. Hell don't release your husband that easy. He don't release your wife that easy. That crack cocaine addiction or that gambling spirit or that alcoholism or that lying tongue. Hell don't give it up easy. But there's some help that's already, y'all aren't hearing me. It's already been dispatched to the first time you prayed. Woo! Now I'm come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days. For yet the vision is for many days. He's saying this is prophecy. It's coming. There's going to be a time when the battle is so strong. We're there. We're living in it. And when he had spoken such words unto me, I set my face towards the ground and became dumb. And behold, one like the similitude of the sons of men touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spake and said unto him that stood before me, Oh, my Lord, by the vision my sorrows are turned upon me, and I have retained no strength. Verse 18, Then there came again and touched me one like the appearance of a man, and he strengthened me and said, Oh, man, greatly beloved, fear not, peace be unto thee. Be strong, yea, be strong. And when he had spoken unto me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for thou hast strengthened me. Then said he, Knowest thou wherefore I come unto thee? And now will I return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I'm gone forth, lo, the prince of Greece, Grecia, shall come. I want to tell you something, friend, that God is sending some help that you aren't expecting. God is sending an on time answer to a prayer you thought would never come. I speak a word of prophecy right now that help has already been dispatched. You are in the last hours and in the last moments of that struggle. All you got to do is recognize this fight is good. I wish somebody would stand and praise him right now. I declare mountains to the bottom of the sea, walls to come down, light in dark places, healing to sick bodies, hope to a hopeless world. Oh, I wish somebody would praise him right now. I wish somebody would praise him right now. Hell has put its best foot forward against you. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your name. He wants to take your freedom. He wants to guarantee you you'll never see that revival that he promised you. But I come to tell you on Wednesday night, closing out 30 days of prayer and fasting, that on September the 1st, God heard that prayer and hell hadn't been letting loose easy. But there's a breakthrough coming in the next 72 hours that's gonna shake your life. Somebody needs to hear me. You ought to testify like you believe it. There's a breakthrough coming in the next three days that only heaven. Promises have been on the way. 
Answers have already been dispatched. Healings have already moved. Sister Beckham, if you'd just come on just as quick as you can and just, just play something. The enemy has sent its very best and strongest weapons to mess with your family. But I want you to hear me right now. Three days. Woo. For some of you, it's happening now. For some of you, you're feeling it now. The Lord is sending some unexpected help and he's going to say, I heard you the first time you called his name. I heard you the last time you called his name. Hell didn't want to give this fight up easy, but I'm sending help alongside and you will see that this fight is good. Some folks are in a battle for your picture of holiness and purity and righteousness. Some folks are in that battle. You think it means one thing and your mind is battling and it's struggling. You know what you want to do. You know what you felt when God first drew you. But somehow, some way, you got linked up with the wrong people. You looked up to the wrong ones and where you were headed has suddenly changed course. I want to tell you, in the next 72 hours, for those that are praying and fasting, you're going to have a fresh revelation of what God wants you to be. I've never stood and gave a timeline. First time in 25 years. But I'm telling you what I feel, what I know in the Holy Ghost. Prayer and fasting has given me a backbone right now. I feel, whoa, somebody just don't understand. I went to bat for you today. I've been fighting for you today because I love you and I know the enemy's trying to pluck you from where you belong and remove you from where you planted and destroy you. He's messed with your finances. He's toyed around with what you know you could have. And you've been battling it. You've been fighting it. You've been saying, hey, I go to church. I tithe. I support the building fund. I go to prayer meeting. I'll go on outreach. I'll work in the altars. I care about my church and my church family. When's my day coming? All hell has been doing is trying to discourage you for you to give up. And I declare right now in the name of Jesus Christ that your day has come and your prayer has been heard. He's come to mess with some of your mind. He wants you to think you're crazy. He wants your family members to think you've lost your mind. He wants them to think you ought to be in an institute somewhere. He, he, he's, he's challenged you in every single way. But I want you to hear me today. If you won't give the enemy another inch, if every time he comes to you, you begin to speak the name of Jesus 72 hours from right now, mark the time, you won't feel that challenge again. Boy, if somebody would have preached this to me when I was bound, I'd have probably been jumping pews. 
maybe that's just a difference in you and I but I'm going to tell you right now God has already sent some help it comes down to this will you still be praying when the angel gets there to help you Will you still be making a declaration over your husband, over your son, over your daughters, over your finances, over your company, over your investments, over your business? Will you still be there? Or will the angel show up to an address that's been vacated? He's come to challenge your trust in the church in your church family, in the ministries of the church, in children's ministries, in youth ministries, in music ministries, in pastoral ministries, in teaching ministries, prophetic ministries, altar ministries. He's come to say, don't let that happen. Don't let that, you know why he don't want that to get a hold of you? Because he knows the moment that God has his way with you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, you will be a battle that he don't want no more of. He's come to destroy your name. He's come to ruin you. He's come to destroy your image. Now let me dig deep in your mind and in your heart. He's come to destroy your self-image. See, some of us are living in a spirit and in a world of less than. I preached a message one time at the wrong ER. You say, I had to go to the ER. Everybody says, that's an emergency room. Well, let me give you another ER that many of us are living at. Lesser. Weaker. Uglier. Poorer. Smaller. Lesser. Some of us have camped out in the wrong ER. And hell loves to sit in the waiting room and watch you fret over an illness you don't have. come to take it but I'm going to tell you I've been praying about it I've been praying about it I could come get about four of you right now but I won't I've never done it and I won't start tonight because I don't feel led in the Holy Ghost but don't always feel safe because someday it may happen but I could come get about four of you right now you ain't told me anything I ain't heard anything there's no rumors about you but I know without a doubt That what you started out to be is no longer what you think you're supposed to be. Can can, can I shoot just straight with you? There's people in this building that'll play ignorant. Oh, he ain't preaching to me. Don't lie to yourself and cause the angel to determine you don't believe. He's been fighting for you for 27 and a half days of prayer and fasting. There's some ministries in here that have been stolen, snatched right off the pew. There's some people in here that's been married once and twice and three times. Some of it was your fault. 
God wants to restore you. He wants to restore you back to the faithful servant. He wants to raise you higher than you've ever been. Let me tell you something. Life Point Church is a place to be restored. Life Point Church is a place to be healed. We don't look down on anybody from anywhere. But don't sell God short. Somebody hear me? See, that, that, that rubbed a few people the wrong way. But it didn't bother you when it was you. Didn't bother you before you were so holy. Didn't bother you before your hair grew to your knees. You wore your collars nice and tight and sleeves good and long and you arrived. There's a lot of people that think they've arrived and their heart is dirty and they're on their way to hell. He came to do a work on some hearts tonight. He came to do the work not only on the outside but on the inside. The Lord would have us know I heard your call. (laughs) The first time you prayed, I heard you. But hell has not wanted to release you. But I've dispatched you a word from your pastor tonight that says you're a winner. You're an overcomer. The promises are yours. The finance is yours. The wall's coming down. The rivers are going to open. The sea is going to part. The enemy is going to drown. I dare you. I dare you to get out of your pew. Lay your coat of pride aside. Walk to this altar. I don't care if you're a Sunday school teacher, a choir leader, or on security detail. We can trust God to take care of us for the next few minutes. I challenge you to walk to this altar. Throw your hands up in the air and say, God, I'll be here. Don't be at the bus station when your ship comes in. Be at the right address. It's happening right there. It's happening right here. It's happening right here. It's happening. It's happening. I wonder if you got enough faith in God right now to speak it. You've been praying about being baptized.